on now. Yes, good to go. All right, Philippians chapter 1. I'm speaking this morning, this evening, sorry. I don't even know what time of day it is where I am. <clears throat> this morning I was up in Toowoomba. I believe Brother Bunch was down here. We swapped. And then Caleb said he went back and I came here, so we swapped again. We high-fived each other on the way through down the mountain. And uh, we're ready to go tonight. So this morning they gave me a, a head, a lot like a microphone like this, and I was told... Um, people think it's a microphone, but it's really a zapper. So if you go too long, they electrocute you. But praise the Lord, um, I didn't get electrocuted. So uh, those on the sound desk, please don't you know, zap me at all if I go too long. I'll be as quick as I can for you, but as long as the Lord needs me to go. So um, I'll watch the time. We, we, won't be, we won't be really long tonight. So Philippians chapter 1, <clears throat> I want to read from verse 3 to 6 to get started. And then we'll pray and then we'll get going. Uh, the Bible says there, I thank my God upon every, every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you all making requests with joy, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. In verse 6, this is the key, I guess, wording that I want to launch from. It says, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. The word confident, we sang about confidence, so I chose that song tonight because it does talk about what we're going to look at tonight, being confident of this very thing, but then the key is that he, he which hath begun a good work in you. Let's pray and then we'll, then we'll get into the thought tonight. Lord, we thank you for our church, thank you for those that are here tonight, I know we're down in number, I know it's um, Sunday night, I know it's holidays, but Lord, um, you've got the, the right people here tonight to, to hear the word of God. And I pray that you would just do a work in me, help me as I deliver it. <clears throat> May the message be clear and easy to understand. And most of all, Lord, I pray that you be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. From time to time, when I, when I want a little bit of a laugh, I like to watch the auditions of some of the talent shows. Who's, who's ever done that? A couple of brave people that want to put their hands. Okay, even on Facebook, they come up and, and you watch them and some of, the, some of the people that, that try to perform, uh, sometimes it's absolute, absolutely just hilarious. They can't sing, they can't perform. Some can, but there's sometimes when you're watching them, they will show the stage that they're on. And you will find the camera will sometimes go behind the performer and you'll look out. And they'll, on the big stage, there's sometimes thousands of people sitting in the audience. And these people stand up and they get up and you can tell some of them are very, very nervous. You can tell by the way they're moving, you can tell by the way their voice is and then you can obviously tell by the way they sing sometimes that they really shouldn't be there at all. But have you ever imagined what it would be like to stand in front of that many people? We, uh, we have a stage here and I know a lot of you have been on this stage, you've done different things, you've You've sang, um, sometimes the men sing, sometimes the ladies sing, the choir sings. And sometimes you might get to stand up here with a microphone and sometimes you get to speak. But it can be a very, I guess, scary thing sometimes to stand in front of people. Even no matter how long you do it, it still gets very nervy. I was nervous in, in Toowoomba this morning. Uh, not as, as big a number as is even here tonight, but still the fact that, that you're going to stand in front of people deliver the word of God, all these sort of things come through your mind is, 
What if I fail? What if I, what if I forget what I'm going to say? What if, they, what if they don't laugh at my jokes? What if they do zap me? And, and there's all these things where sometimes it would be good if we just had some confidence to be able to do those things. And I want to ask you tonight, would you be able to do some of the things that you see other people do? Or would you have confidence to stand up here? Would you have confidence to speak out for the name of the Lord? I'm reminded of a young man in the Bible in, in 1 Samuel chapter 17. We, we can turn there because we'll be getting there in just a moment. 1 Samuel 17, where a young man was thrust onto the big stage in the Bible who had to make a decision whether he could, whether he could do something or not, which others at that point had seemed impossible to do. David was the youngest of, uh, of his brethren, who at the time of, of the war with the Philistines was a keeper of his father's sheep. When his dad sent him to see how his brothers were faring at the war, I'm sure that he was very excited, possibly maybe because he gets to take a break from doing the, the daily chores of the sheep, and maybe excited because he's going to see a war. He's going to the army to see how his brethren, his brothers, how, how, the nation, how the nation's army was faring at the war. And I'm sure there was nervousness. I'm sure there was that, that maybe that excited, sick feeling that you get when you're nervous. Everyone's bodies react differently with, with um, nerves. But I'm sure this is the same with David. With humble corn, bread and cheese in his possession, he wouldn't realise that this simple trip would thrust him onto the world stage. While at the war, he hears the cry of Goliath and saw the cowering of his, of his brethren, the armies of God, as they couldn't see how they could overcome the giant, this giant of a man. David, the man after God's own heart, now gets a burning desire to see God honoured. I'm sure that sick feeling now had, had really set in and thoughts maybe of, uh, have been racing through his mind backwards and forwards what he should do. It's at this moment we see a boy stand as a man as he takes a stand when no one else would. David became a man of confidence. Are you a person of confidence? God wants you to be tonight. So what I'm going to do tonight is I'm going to look at this thought of confidence. Now confidence can be interchanged with, I guess, courage, boldness, bravery. And as we look at these things, I want you to think about the story of David. We will be looking at some verses in 1 Samuel, but I want you to be thinking as, as, we, as we go through this, David being in this position, I want you to try and put yourself in his shoes and see what we can learn tonight. So there's just a few things that, that confidence is. And I'll try and make it as clear and, and as quick as possible for you tonight so you can um, get home. Right, so the first thing is confidence is revealed out of the uncomfortable. Confidence or boldness or courage is revealed out of the uncomfortable. You think about David when he was sent to the war. I want you to try and play it over in your mind. You're there and you're excited and you see your brothers and you race over and you bring the goods that your dad's given you and you're chatting away and you see the other guys and you're overwhelmed with Man, this is the army. This is the elite. This is the guys. This is the, these are the men of war and I'm excited to be here. 
And then all of a sudden, Goliath comes out and the challenge is set out. Now, I want you to think about this. If you're David and you hear this giant defying the armies of God and the mocking tone and the rebellious sound of his voice and, and the, those words that in David are like, what is going on? I want you to think about hearing those words would be very uncomfortable. When you're in the workplace, men and ladies, when you're in the workplace and people are talking in a negative way about God, foully talking about God, mocking God and Christianity, does that make you feel uncomfortable? It obviously should. And David was in this situation. What he heard made him uncomfortable. But not only what he heard, but what he saw. A giant of a man, challenging would be uncomfortable, but then seeing his brethren run and cower and hide and not stand up and say, hey, let's get this guy, that I think would have been very, very uncomfortable for a young man to see. And it's through these uncomfortable things that God seems to use to draw out confidence, to draw out a little bit of bravery, to draw out a little bit of confidence, a little bit of boldness. Um, courage God will often use these things in your life to stir up confidence in you what about when injustice is being done if I don't think there'd be any man here in the room that if we saw a lady getting beaten outside something would be stirred up in us to try and stop that and and, and injustice is being done I don't think there'll be any concerns with that and it would be I would be shocked if there was any man that, that didn't want to stand up for, the, for somebody uh, like the damsel in distress, someone being hurt, someone who can't maybe fend for themselves. And this is the same with, um, w- this is the, same with the case with Goliath. And injustice was being done. God's name was being slandered and, and, the, and, and, and the name of God was being dragged down and injustice had been done. And David is now being stirred up to want to do something. When an injustice is being done and, and, and you could do something about it, there should be something in you that says, for the name of the Lord, I'm going to do something. For the name of Christ, I'm going to do something. <clears throat> what about when it's just the right thing to do? There are going to become situations in your life when you know you should do something because it's just the right thing to do. I want you to think back in, in the book of Daniel. When, when, when Daniel had realised that, that, that the, the decree was signed that, that, they, that no one was allowed to pray to anyone else except the king, Daniel had a decision to make. There was, also, there was, there was now an uncomfortable situation. I know I'm supposed to do the right thing, but if I do the right thing, I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to be in, in, in loads of trouble. It's now law for me not to do the right thing. But Daniel, to his credit, decided I'm going to do what is right. I'm going to stand for what I know is true. I'm going to continue serving the Lord because it is right. An uncomfortable situation had arisen and Daniel had made a choice, got a little bit of confidence, a little bit of courage, a little bit of determination to do the right thing just because it's the right thing to do. What about being uncomfortable making a decision just because nobody else will. There's going to be times in your life when it's supposed to, there is something to be done and you look around and just like David, 
guys, this guy, this guy is really defying God. We're God's people. What are you doing? It stirred something up when no one was doing anything. It should do something to you when you look around church and there's something to do when no one's doing it. You may not be, uh, as we'll get into a minute, you may, be, you may not be the most qualified person to do it, but someone's got to do it. Someone needs to stand up. Someone needs to put their hand up and say, count me in. No one's doing it. I want to be the one that does it. It's not because I'm the best at it. It's not because I get the most out of it. It's because it's somebody has to do it. If someone, we wouldn't want to use the toilets if no one ever cleaned them. It's not the most luxurious job, but somebody has to do it. There's going to be uncomfortable situations for us. What about when it's just, when it's just asked of us? Pastor says, I need you to do this. And we're like, oh, I've never done that before. Uh, get someone else, Pastor. Brother Andrew's so much better at it than me. He's, you know, he can do it. Pastor says, no, no, listen, Andrew's busy. I want you to do it. Just got to do it. God will use these things just because it's just because we're asked of it. And sometimes <clears throat> difficult times come or uncomfortable times come just because there's, there's just no other choice. Sometimes we're, we're, we are uncomfortable and we've got to do something because there's just no other choice. We just, it has to get done. It's like sometimes with our workplaces. We have tasks to do we and we'll put them off the things we don't like doing as, as much as possible, but eventually they've got to get done and there's no other choice. There's no one else to do it. I just got to get the job done. And God will bring some uncomfortable situations in our life to try and push you out of that comfort zone that you're in. Put your hand up if you enjoy coming to church. Do you find it comfortable sitting in the seat? Put your hand up if you, if you, if you find it's quite comfortable tonight. It's a pleasant, maybe 19 degrees in here. Um, you know, Brother Paul is going to be as quick as he can. You know, um, there might be a little bit of humour here and there. So you're feeling pretty comfortable. But what if I said, okay, I'm going to now hand it over to Brother So-and-so to finish the message. You'd be like, uh, whoa. Now, well, I'm not prepared for that. That's, my, that's now out of my comfort zone. I've never done that before. Now, I'm not going to do that tonight, but we get comfortable with our little Christianity. And sometimes God has to bring things along to stir us up out of that comfort zone, just like he did with David. Do you think David went up to the battle to go, man, I just want to be in, I want to be in the battle. I can't wait, up to, I can't wait to get in there because I'm, I'm, I'm just a, a number of brothers are there. I want to outdo them. I want to be the one that, that gets in the battle and I want to be a, just a slaughterer. That wasn't him. He was just doing what he was told to do and something came that made him very uncomfortable. So uncomfortable that he was willing to do something. So confidence is revealed out of the uncomfortable. <clears throat> confidence, or those who, are, who end up being confident, removes, I need some big words, removes aptitude. Think, how, we, how does confidence remove aptitude? What it does, it doesn't require the most obvious to do it. Think about David. Was he the most obvious person to go up against Goliath? No. If, um, if I was going to run the marathon for the church, would I be the most obvious person to do that? Don't lie. You look. <laughs> look again. Look closely. This perfect specimen of a, 
athletic body. You'd probably want to choose Brother Danny or now Brother Andrew or, or maybe one of maybe John, one of the younger guys who are a lot more athletic. They would be your first choice to do that task. But sometimes the ones that are going to be the most effective, the ones that are going to be the most confident in doing it, aren't always the first choice, aren't the ones that we think are, have the most aptitude towards that. If you're going to get someone to move something heavy, you, you're going to think, who's, who's got the best aptitude? Maybe um, um, Cody. Sorry, I've seen I had all these other names going through. Then, but Brother Cody might be strong man that we can think of. He would be aptitude, he would have the aptitude to do that. Maybe someone that's more intelligent to do something that requires a lot of brain and thinking. Maybe uh, Brother John to do things that are a little, a little bit more musical or or maybe Brother Andrew to do the preaching or whatever. We would naturally tend to look for those people. But in David, he wasn't, would never be the first choice. He would probably be the last choice. So to be confident, it's not all about having the aptitude to do so. It, confidence removes that. Or proper biblical, um, proper biblical confidence removes that. David wasn't the first choice to fight Goliath. I think Daniel and, and the Hebrew boys wouldn't be the first choice to, um, to influence kings and do things in their times. And then I think about the disciples, they probably wouldn't have been the first choice of anybody to turn the world upside down with the gospel. But they were the people that God chose to do something for God. Doesn't God choose the foolish things of this world to confound the wise? God takes things that can't stand up and say, look at me, but God can certainly stir up somebody to do something for God. I want to encourage you, no matter what your age, how wealthy you are, how intelligent you are, or what skills that you've got now, God can stir you up to do something that other people just can't do or other people just won't do. They just won't do it. There were many men in that war, in that battle in, in, in 1 Samuel chapter 17 when, when, when Goliath came out to challenge. There were many men who were more qualified than David to do that job. His brothers were more qualified than him to do that job. There were men who had, had trained because they were in that army. There were, there were men who had gone through hard times to get in the position they were in and yet nobody wanted to do it. Nobody in that crowd was willing to do it. There are a lot of Bible college students that go through Bible college and training and teaching and they never do anything with it. And yet there are men who have no training but are stirred up because of the lack of nobody doing it. They say, well, I'll be a pastor if that's what God wants. I'll put my hand up to do something for God. Confidence removes aptitude. You don't have to be the most obvious choice. And usually it seems that God will use those who aren't the obvious choice. But confidence <clears throat> reflects the right altitude. There's a couple of A's coming up, the right altitude. What I mean by that is confidence will <clears throat> find the right idea of self. And this can go positive or negative. I want you to think about this. Let's have a look at some verses in 1 Samuel chapter 17. I'm going to have a look at verse, <clears throat> we're starting at verse 32. So David's come to the battle 
He's heard Goliath's challenge. He's asked what's going on. He's been told what the king has said and he's looked at the men not doing anything and something stirred up and now he just can't believe it. And in verse 32 he says, And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with the Philistine. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to so are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him, and smote him, and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose up against me, I caught him by his beard, and smote him, and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. Now, I'm going to stop purposely just there for a second. I want you to think about when you read that, David, to me, could easily go with the altitude for himself saying, I've done this all before. I'm confident in myself that I can do this. This is what it sounds like to me until we get to the next verse in just a second. But, you know, it's easy to get confident in oneself when we get used to doing something. It's easy for a preacher to get so used to standing up here that they just preach something in their own strength and in their own flesh just because I've done it before. It's easy to sing sometimes. The more you sing, the more confident you get, the less the nerves start to get, and it's easy just to go through the motions and say, well, I've done this. I, I can sing this well, or I can preach this well. And David says to Saul, hey, I was minding my father's sheep and guess what? A bear and a lion rose up and they took a lamb and I went out and I, and I grabbed him when he rose up. Guess what? I grabbed him by the beard and I smote him and I slew him. Man, I, and this, and this Philistine is going to be exactly the same as that. Just like I did to them, I'm going to do that to him. It's easy for us to get confident because we think we can do it. But to his credit, let's, let's have a look at what he says. In verse 37, David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul then said, he said, David, go and the Lord be with me. Being confident of this very thing that he that hath begun a good work in you. Not being confident in the good works that you've done, but being confident in what God has done. You see, David was, was explaining what he has done in the past, but and then instead of having the altitude of, hey, look at me, look what I can do, he had the right altitude and said, it was because of God. God is the one that delivered me out of the, uh, out of the paw of the bear and out of the paw of the lion, and God will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. That's the right sort of confidence to have, not in self, but in what God can do. It's good when God has already revealed some things. It's good when we go through some things and <clears throat> we have a victory over something. It's good where we're tested and we trust in God and God provides a financial need or provides some healing over sickness or provides a thing that we've been praying about and we can reflect upon that just like David just did. We say, yeah, God helped me in that before. So if God can do that, then... 
I can do this thing as well. But the right altitude shouldn't be, hey, look what I can do, but it's look what God can do. So confidence reflects the right altitude. And then very similarly, it redirects the right attitude. And that's very similar. All honour belongs to God, not to us. When you achieve a great victory in Christ, when something happens and, and, and you are successful in something, make sure God gets the credit for it. Make sure you, that, you, that you give thanks to God for it. I try as much as, as physically as, as I can remember when, when good things happen, and even sometimes when bad things happen, to be able to say, God, thank you for that. God, thank you for helping me in that. God, I, 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 I had prayed just a moment ago and, and I seem to get an answer for that. And I want to try and thank God for those things and not just get puffed up and think, oh, I handled that pretty good. Because then we get the wrong altitude. We, we get very puffed up about ourselves. We're going to have the right, the right attitude. And then, I told you I'll try and be quick, then the last thing I, I want to bring out is out, the confidence renders audacity. <clears throat> audacity, we often think of as a negative thing. We think, oh, the audacity of that person to do that. But what I mean by here is that it causes a positive, rea- uh, causes a positive action. Confidence, when it comes from God, allows you to stand up um, even with a little bit of, a little bit of, of audacity. When David saw all this happening, I like verse 32. David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Really what David's saying is he's looking around, he says, he even says to his brother, isn't there a cause earlier on? Why is no one doing anything? What's going on? This Philistine's cursing God and, 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 and mocking God and it's like it, it, David was stirred up with, with that much that something has to be done. He was now out of his comfort zone that he just went, it, I can kind of picture it. He comes to Saul and he says, so no one's going to do it but I will. And, uh, and Saul goes, well, hang on, you're, you're, you're but a youth. You can't do it. This guy's uh, been war from his youth. You just can't do it. Listen, I, I can do it. Will you put your hand up tonight for the Lord to do something? <clears throat> Will you be willing, when no one else is doing it, to put your hand up and say, I may not be the obvious choice. I know there's other people who can do it better than me. I know that people can sing better than me. They can preach better than me. They can definitely witness better than me. They, can, they have more money than me. They have more time than me. But nobody's doing something. Well, I will. If that's what you want, God, I will. And you'll know because you'll be stirred up. It's not a matter of what can I seek to be, have the preeminence in? What can, I, what can I do to look good? It's, you'll know something. God has made you uncomfortable about something that's happening. And God will be stirring. And you'll be listening. And you'll be seeing. And you'll be thinking, why isn't something getting done? And David's hand just went up and said, hey, I'll do it. I'll do it. Even when someone said, don't be stupid, you can't do it. I'm, no one else is doing it. And then he goes on to say, this is why I think I can do it. Because God's helped me here. God's helped me there. These, the bear and the lion, that's, that's pretty impressive. That would be deemed, for me, impossible. I couldn't go up against a bear, maybe a little cuddly teddy bear I could go. <laughs> I used to do that with my kids. My kids will um, remember this. 
I used to have a little teddy bear. We'd wake him up in the girls in the morning and I'd get in with the teddy bear and I'd wrestle with the teddy bear on the bed and obviously I'd win. So that's the only bear I can go up against, a teddy bear. <clears throat> but David did the impossible with the bear and lion because God helped him. I want you to go to, I mentioned Daniel before, but I like these verses. Then Daniel chapter 3. If we can turn there just as we kind of get ready to finish. If we can find it. Daniel chapter 3. This is Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego getting ready to be thrown into the fiery furnace. Verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. So I'm going to read the next verse in just a sec. The next verse is one I really like. <clears throat> These guys were told to worship an image when they hear the music play. And they decided that's not what God wants us to do. We can't do that. It goes, it's, remember, it's the right thing to do. We, we just can't do that. But who didn't do that, the law was you'd be thrown into a burning fiery furnace. Now here's three guys who are now made to, <laughs> told to make a decision. Are you going to bow when you hear the music? Or you're going to be thrown into the fiery furnace. It's now your life on the line. You're going to die. I wonder what you'd do. I wonder what, wonder what I would do. But here's three men whose life is now in the balance. And they said, King, we're not quick to answer you on this matter, but we know our God, we have a God that can deliver us. He, he is he's able to do so. We believe if you put us in the fire, he has the ability that we will not be burned. It's an impossible thing. But we believe so much that God can do it. Now, now notice the next verse. And this is kind of like David putting his hand up. These are guys now putting their voices up. <clears throat> verse, verse 18. But if not, if God doesn't do it, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Here's some guys, now in the, out of their comfort zone, oh man, we're about to die. What are we going to do? Just like David. But they raised their voice and said, King, listen, we serve a God who can do something special here. He can do the impossible, but if not, guess what? I'm standing up and saying, we're not going to serve you gods. We, made a decision, we all made a decision, no matter what happens, if we have to go through the fire and burn and die, so be it. But they put their hand up. They put their voices up. And I wonder if you will put your voice up tonight or tomorrow in the workplace when someone starts to bag Christ out. When someone starts to tell a vulgar joke that, that involves Christ or Christianity or a pastor or, or whatever, or the Bible. Will you raise your voice and say, hey, listen, guys, I prefer you not to say that. That's not true. That's wrong. Will you raise your voice or are you going to sit there and think, oh, it grates you and it's vulgar and you think this is wrong but I just don't want to say anything. Are you going to be like the other men in the army? They go, oh, I just can't do it. I'm going to look. They're going to think bad of me. They're going, to, they're going to hate me for it. I'm going to lose credibility within the group if I stand for what's right. 
what are you going to do? Are you going to be the one that looks around and says, like, come on, guys, someone's got to do something. Someone's got to raise their voice and say, King, we're not going to do that. That's wrong. We're going we're to make a decision and a choice to do right. Because of God. Always remember, it's because of what God can do. David certainly was a man that, that wasn't the ideal choice. He didn't have all this, really, the, the ideal training and skills. God had helped him with the bear and the lion for sure. But David was just a man who ended up having some confidence in God. And God, was David, did David end up being a perfect man? No. David still made some mistakes and did some pretty bad things and some big things that were wrong. But God used him. God used him even though he wasn't the perfect man. And God can use each one of us. So my challenge to you tonight is, think about the idea of confidence. God wants us to be people of confidence. Not in self, but in God. And we have the greatest opportunity within our time, within our community, to make a difference because of God. All it takes is someone or several people that would say, okay, and it'll only be because God's been working on your heart about it. Don't just say, well, I'll be a great preacher if God hasn't been dealing with it. Because God, is, God dealt with David about it there and then. It was convicting to him. He was challenging to him. He was stirred and he was like, why isn't anyone doing it? Isn't that not a cause? Someone's got to do something. And he was pushed out of his comfort zone and he put his hand up and said, because God has, can do it, the Hebrew boy said, because God can do it, we're going to make a choice and a decision to do what's right. Let's pray. Right on 7 o'clock, we're in and out in an hour for church. Woohoo! Come back again. And uh, we're going to get ready to go home, have some, something to eat, have some sleep. <coughs> we'll play some games. I don't know where you're going to All right. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for tonight. Thank you for church. Thank you for each person that's been here tonight. Pray you just use the message. Um, hope it's a blessing. Hope it'll be a help for somebody here tonight to, um, to stand up with confidence. Please use it. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us. Thank you for helping and providing all that we ever have and need. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.